Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Edmonton Oilers back in action tomorrow afternoon on 6.30, Chad, 1 p.m. against the Nashville Predators. And, well, that's frankly some good news for a team who could use an opponent that they've had some recent success against. And if you're asking Leon Dreisaitl in particular, who better than the Nashville Predators to come to town to wrap up this four-game homestand? They hit the road. Vancouver, uh, Seattle is uh, another stop next week. But uh, first and foremost, let's see if they can't find their third win of the season tomorrow. Coverage starting at 11.30 in the morning. If you're like me, you'll still be drinking coffee. If not, maybe you're into lunch hour for the day. But regardless, Reed's got you covered at that point. Puck drop with Cam and Bob. Or is, yeah, I think it's Cam and Bob. The other guy's Jack Michaels. You know that already. <laughs> one of them has the call at 1 o'clock with our Bob Stoffer, who is now meandering over to the Claire Drake Arena for some Bears and Huskies action, U-sports style. That's going to be uh, quite the series all weekend long. Hard court, I understand. They're battling on the basketball court there. The uh, football field as well tomorrow afternoon. First time since 2005 that the Golden Bears host a football playoff game. So lots to be excited about there. I know Reed's going to have some more on that front coming up at 7 o'clock tonight on Inside Sports, but we'll carry you through the next hour with some more Oilers Now content brought to you as always by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, relax with World of Spas. Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com We can keep some texts going along. 780 780- 4960063. That is the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Raphael Lavoie called up by the club about an hour and a half ago now. Who do you think he plays with? Who's he best suited to play with? Out of the gates. 780-496-0063. Give me your thoughts on the recall and his potential deployment moving forward. And we'll get into that after we hear from today's headliner, which is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Uh, Bob Stoffer chatting earlier with uh, Al May, friend of the show, former player, former analyst, and he was talking specifically out of the gates about this 2-6-1 uh, and one start for your Oilers. How that looks. You know, I, I think the biggest thing is you don't win the game on a laptop. So the, all the tracking that goes in, there, there's no perfect recipe. No one's found, you know, whether it's Corsi or Fenwick or expected goals, none of it really matters. The bottom line is you've got to find a way to score. Scoring first certainly helps. Scoring second helps a lot more. And, and just put it, putting the effort into the game in the gritty areas. And, and I look at teams that – you know, they're horrible analytically, and they still grit out their games. And it's about, you know, what's going on in front of the net. And when you look at that, how big are the breakdowns, the mistakes? Where are the shots coming from, the distance, how much traffic is at or near the net? And no one's really qualified or quantified any of that yet. So that, that to me, is the, the toughest pill to swallow uh, when people are putting these numbers out because there are some players that know how to mess with their Corsi and, and, you know, their Fenwick and make sure they get their numbers up so it looks like they're always on the positive. But the eye test when you're watching them play, they're playing a perimeter game. And I, I think the biggest indicator is how many shots are you getting from the interior and when are you getting those shots? 
Uh, is it late in the game when you put that rush on, when you know the other team goes into their defensive shell or defensive mode, and then all of a sudden you're firing from everywhere. You, yep. you, know, you, you kind of throw the game plan out the window, and there's a desperation to your game. So t- to me, it, there there is no perfect correlation into any of the fancy numbers uh, into winning games, in my opinion. All right, Al. So here's the deal: the Oilers are two six and one. I know you watch them. What do you see? Well, I'm not seeing enough. Uh, there's not enough for the entire roster. And I, I think right now they're so out of sync when they don't have the puck. In their own zone, they're letting far too many passes go through seams. They're allowing far too many shots off the pass where the goaltenders have to go side to side. And I, I, I cannot blame the goalies when I see that type of hockey. You know, when, when there are so many backdoor plays, so many one-time shots, and, and deflections, and you know they, they've had bad luck with all of that so far. But at the same time, they're allowing too many of those shots. There's too many holes in their defensive zone coverage. To me, that's the bottom line. And then what happens? You're playing with a lack of confidence. You start to open up your game even more. And when you have no confidence defensively, you end up getting burned. And I think that's what's happening right now. All right. Well, uh, Connor McDavid. I mean, he missed a couple games. I know you watched the Heritage Classic. Uh, the Oilers beat the Calgary Flames. They're struggling, too. And the Oilers have the San Jose Sharks this week. I, I guess that is a positive. Is We know that McDavid and Drysaddle can get to another level. Disappointment, though, for sure, that they haven't had any secondary scoring out of the likes of guys like Holloway and McLeod. Well, you know, at the same time, you know, how are those players being used and where are they in the lineup? That's the biggest thing. Um, I, I would love to see Holloway play on the flank with McDavid because he's got such great wheels. But, you know, you always load up your top two with the guys are, that, that are proven. But sometimes you share the wealth, you spread the wealth, and you see what some of these guys can do. So I, I just think I remember the Kyler Yamamoto experiment. He was getting points with the, with the top guys, but his skating to me wasn't up to that level. And you know what? I just think that with those younger players, you get a, a, a McLeod who looks like he's, you know, always worried about where he's going to be on the ice. And, and you know, he, he hasn't really gotten into a flow to me yet as to how he plays the game offensively. And there's a lot of safety in his game. And I, I think if you're elevated, you're going to get the opportunities. But, you know, you want secondary scoring when you're struggling. And these guys also don't want to be minuses. So that takes away from their game. So, you know, the biggest thing that can happen is the big guys, the best thing that can happen is the big guys carry the team for three or four or five games, and then everyone gets their mojo and starts feeling better again, and then all of a sudden there's your secondary scoring. All right, we're joined by Al May, longtime Washington Capitals broadcaster. All right, I, I, you know, for me, goal differential tells a lot. Like right now, the Canucks are 7-2-1. and one. They are plus 24 in goal differential. Vegas is 10-0-1. They're plus 19. The Washington Capitals... The team you covered, they're four, four, and one. They're minus ten, and the orders are minus eleven at two, six, and one, and feeling completely differently. So maybe if Edmonton had found a way to beat Vancouver at home or Winnipeg at home, or indeed Dallas last night, maybe we'd be having a different uh, discussion point on Edmonton. Tell me about uh, the Washington Capitals this season. I know Ovechkin's off to a slow start by his standards in terms of goal scoring. How's it gone this year in Washington to date? 
Well, they, they're having zero puck luck. And when you talk about all the expected goals and everything, and like la- the last game they played against the New York Islanders, they had 18 to 10 in the high danger shots. They had some ridiculous number of scoring chances for uh, to against. It was like, I think in the 40s to something. I, mean, I don't even know if they got in the teens or like the out of the teens for the Islanders. So they, the Caps were doing everything right. But it seems kind of like the Oilers, you know, when they make a mistake, it's in their net and they made three mistakes last night three huge errors and it cost them so they're not getting the puck luck and once again i think those numbers are skewed because the islanders go into a collapsible shell around their net late in the game and they did it under barry trotz or doing it under lane lambert and they've got a buy-in and what happens you start peppering the net from anywhere but one of the things that wasn't happening for the capitals they're not getting clean shots in the slot and to me, that's an indicator of you're not getting to the middle of the ice enough and that the players aren't prioritizing uh, it the same way the coaches are. So when you're struggling and those things don't go your way, and right now, to me, that's the big thing there. They are not getting their goals from really any of their players other than Ryan Strom, or, or Dylan Strom, excuse me, who has uh, had some puck luck. But last night, he couldn't get a clean shot to the net as well. Uh, and once again, they had all the great numbers, all the fancy stats, but the number that mattered the most uh, was the one up on the big board, and they were shut out last night once again. So that's not a good sign for them right now. They've got to find a way to create more offense, and I think it's got to be net front off offense that'll get this team going and start to show them that's the way they have to play. Well, it's interesting because they got a couple bigger bodies that haven't done much. Anthony Mantha, we talked about him in the offseason. Uh, I think you and me both think at some point he's going to get moved. He's got a goal in eight games this year, and TJ Oshie's got one assist in nine games. Uh, they need more of those two guys because they're top six players for the Caps. Well, I think the biggest thing with Mantha right now is he's actually playing very, very well. He's getting the pucks in the zone, skate drive into the net. I don't know how many. I feel like he's the post leader for the Capitals right now. But he doesn't get any. He gets a regular shift, and he's been dominant inside the offensive zone with puck possession, get you know, and then driving the wall, getting to the net. But he's not getting his bounces right now. And I think there's a confidence thing there. But I like the way he's playing. I like the way it looks. TJ, on the other hand, he's right now. He's he's got to elevate his game as well. So he's kind of caught in that older guy syndrome where, you know, you want to see more. You hope that they get some luck and things going their way, but he kind of almost has to play a perfect game to help the Capitals and be a quality player. Uh, he's got, you know, the puck skills, the shooting skills. He gets two minutes on every power play, and he's not bearing anything yet, and they need him desperately to score some goals, uh, even on the power play. If it's just power play time, they definitely need to get that thing going as well. Al, let me ask you this. T.J. Oshie last night was uh, sporting new attire. He's uh, partnered up with Warrior. This is something that Frank Cervalli told us uh, earlier in the week. This after Adam Johnson uh, tragically passed away of getting a skate cut uh, on his neck over in England. Um, you know, you played a long time in the league. You played in a time in which nobody wore, uh, you, you know, visors, especially fighters. Uh, just your thoughts on, you know, are we are we heading down an inevitable path here where we're going to have neck guards for all players? Uh, absolutely, because, you know, the, people won't let it go away. And you look at all the games that we've had over all the years, uh, you know, it's it's a freak accident. I feel I feel awful for the family that lost their son. 
and it's horrible. And I also feel bad for the guy who, who, who clipped him. And it was such a freak accident. And, you know, we've seen guys, I, I forget someone last year in the league got one right in the eye, a skate down low. And, you know, there, there was the guy in Winnipeg, I can't remember his name, who took the one in the femoral artery uh, in the leg. Where, you know, it's another freak incident. So I, I think they're going to head down that path. I think there's been a knee-jerk reaction from outside of the hockey world talking about this. Yes. Uh, because I just go back, there's been so many games where it doesn't happen. And then, of, of course, the people, you know, they're going to be up in arms about anything you, you say. But it, it, it's it's going to be, there's going to be certain reporters that are going to talk about it every day. They're going to bring it up every day. And it, it's going to become a thing. And it's just like any, Evander Kane, everyone's saying, if you would add wrist guards and all of this on, it's another freak accident. And, you know, the, the guys aren't going to want to play in bubble wrap. And, you know, the, some of the guys have trouble putting anything like a neck guard on. I know youth hockey, uh, you know, the way kids wear it, it's just basically a loose strap around their net the, mo- the way most of them have it. So I think it's going to be a tough sell. But the, and the league, I don't think they can just make it mandatory like they do in junior where they just do it. You know, they, they, yeah. they force you to do whatever they want in junior, not what you want. So it, it's different in the National Hockey League when you got a players association. But uh, and then people make the argument, I don't know why they take it off when they're kids or, you know, the college players come out and they they go from full face to half a shield. It's a completely different argument. It's a freak accident. It's sad that it happened, but I can't see it being enforced all the way. And uh, they go, well, helmets and, and visors and all that. Well, that might be the road they have to go down to do it, but it's not going to happen immediately to everybody. All right, Al. Uh, great stuff. Great perspective. Thank you for joining us once again on Oilers Now. And have a great time at your event tonight. Thank you. Take care, bud. I guess this is where I jump back on the air. I'm talking with Reed Wilkins in the studio. I'm editing podcasts. Uh, but I am, of course, hosting the final hour here of Oilers Now. It's Brendan Escott with you because Bob has jumped out to head to the uh, the Claire Drake. And that is where we will have the Golden Bears hosting the Saskatchewan Huskies this weekend. Might even run into you myself there tomorrow night sounds like that's on the cards for sure we'll press pause here on Oilers now bring it back with some text messages 780-496-0063 talking about the recall of Raf Lavoie and what this looks like heading into tomorrow's game against Nashville it's Brendan Escott with you we're going to hear from Big George LaRock in a little bit here uh, on a throwback Friday brought to you by Conlon Motorsports but uh, some time for your texts at 780-496-0063 as well hey we talk about uh, Brent Ridge Fort and their president's awards for customer satisfaction their full transparency and customer care after the purchase but another big factor in their success like any great franchise stability here's some legacy level stats. Service manager Kevin started in 1998. Sales manager Chris, the Flames fan in 99. And Uncle Milt, the rookie, joining in 2002. We know that Bob and Cam know from personal experience for uh, the whole Brent Ridge Ford staff. They're committed to ensuring that your customer experience is a positive one. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Uh, Big Bald Tyler has said, I thought Lavoie would come up before Gagne did. 
As to where he plays, shuffle him around, see where he's got some chemistry. Personally, though, I would pair him with Kanye. You've got a young talent and a 1,000-plus gamer. That's not a bad idea. I don't dislike that idea at all, though. It looks, Tyler, like he is skating, um, or that's Kanye, I'm saying, is skating with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Evander Kane. That's how it looked at practice today, and that is how they finished the game against Dallas last night. So probably a precursor. Kanye earning every opportunity to play in the top six, I would think, partially because no one else has taken it away and run with it to this point. So see what else can be conjured up. See how much of the magic you can carry forward into an afternoon contest. You got to wonder, the matinee game, maybe less of a, a concern about the flat start recently, but it's still a talking point. This is still talk radio, after all. And I wonder, I wonder after pouring 50 shots on Scott Wedgwood, how much is left in the tank on a Saturday afternoon, how how you're able to get up for a game like that against a Nashville team that, frankly, you have dominated in recent memory. So uh, we shall see how that plays out. 780-496-0063. JB. It's frustrated. He says, bubble players are coming. Next thing, we're not going to allow slap shots because people shoot too hard. Another texter saying that uh, we're looking at a Vegas team that's going to be champions again. Stop comparing the Oilers and Vegas. Vegas are champs and they play like a team. The record indicates it. I think Dallas, in terms of how they're built, not only roster construction, but literally how they're physically built, that is a big team. The Dallas Stars are, and that's not everything, but it seems to help later in the season. And I I looked at a team that I thought had more endurance in that realm last night on the ice versus what the Oilers are trotting out so far. We knew that they were going to have to add some pieces over the course of the season. I didn't think that Sam Gagne was going to have that immediate impact. And frankly, we don't know how long he's going to remain a stopgap answer here. We don't know how long Connor Brown's going to be out either. It doesn't sound like it's long term, so that's obviously good news. 780-496-0063. Jeff says, hey, Bob, are they still looking like a 50-win team? Looks more like a non-playoff team. I'll come back and say I told you so in April. Well, that seems like a long time to harbor negative energy, Jeff, but you go ahead and do whatever you need to do. Mark and St. Albert. He's frustrated. He says he's completely livid, flabbergasted even, by the individual performance of some players on the team. Evan Bouchard, a dumpster fire on defense. Skinner doesn't make the big save when necessary. And Woodcroft is getting outclassed. The list goes on and on. Mark and St. Albert sold his tickets for tomorrow because I can't watch this team live until they play like they want to win. That's fair enough. People have a right to be very disappointed with the product that the team has put out in the first nine games. And this might not be satisfying to hear, but I think even less satisfied than the fans would be the guys inside that locker room. They're they're pretty agitated, it seems. And, and I think that that's come off a couple of times in the post-game reactions that we've seen. But 
perhaps a breath of fresh air coming up here. I'd like to see what Lavoie is capable of doing offensively, but as I said earlier in the show, my expectations on that front are very low. He, you, you can go out and score five or ten goals, and we'll make that a success for sure. But if he scores one goal and is out there playing ten minutes a night of hard hockey, difficult hockey, he's cycling well, he's checking hard in the offensive zone, but he's difficult to play against, most importantly. To me, that's also a success even if there's one or zero goals up there for Lavoie. How is he adapting to the game? We get our first look at it. Tomorrow is NHL debut going to come against the Nashville Predators. And right here on 630, Chad will have it live at 1 in the afternoon. We'll have George LaRock pre-taped for... Uh, who is he for? Conlon Motorsports? Yeah, that sounds right. Absolutely it is. When we come back after a global news weather traffic update.